we're on this journey, right? We're on this journey together of growing in compassion, of, uh, of being formed and shaped into the image of Jesus. Because this is what we know. Jesus epitomized what compassion looks like, right? He epitomized compassion. And um, he's the perfect image. If we ever want to know what compassion looks like, we just looked at Jesus. That whatever he did in every situation was so filled with compassion. Right? And whenever he was, it, there's times in the Bible where it says he was moved with compassion. And when he moves with compassion, breakthrough happens. Right? There's just constantly things in the kingdom that's breaking in as, as Jesus is moved with compassion. So we're in week three. And, um, and I know as we're going into this, you're probably saying, okay, John, I'm, I'm with you. I hear what you're saying, right? You know, how do we get more, how do we reach out to people? How do we start reaching out to people? Maybe, maybe a question that you might be asking is, how do we get more people to church or something like that, right? And so I've got a good answer for you. It's in Acts chapter 8. We're going to read it here. It's just, it's pretty clear. And so I'm going to read through it. It says, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles, so everyone all the believers, every believer except for the apostles, are, are flee Jerusalem. So the only people that stay in Jerusalem are the apostles. Okay? All the other believers are scattered. It says they are scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Those who had been scattered went to the synagogues. Listen, so the people, these believers, they were scattered. So they go into the synagogues and they worship and they pray. That's what they do. They gather together, they worship, they pray. Verse 2, or 5, excuse me, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and met with believers there to pray for signs and wonders. So he goes out, he goes into these cities, he just goes and he finds and he hangs out with other believers, and he prays and they're praying for signs and wonders to happen. When the crowd comes into the meeting places and, he, and he heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said, for with shrieks, Impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. So what's the key, key to transforming our city into life, right? It's gathering together. It's, it's, no, the problem is, is that everything I just read to you, I modified. So I'd be in deep trouble right now. Okay, because that's not what the Bible tells us of how do we bring life to our community. How do we bring life to our city? How do we bring life everywhere we go, right, and live like Jesus did? Let me read it. What it let me read what it actually says. So picking it up in the, the end of verse four, it says, "Those who had been scattered, these believers who had been scattered about, this is what it actually says: preached the word wherever they went. So everywhere they go, right? We get hung up on this whole preaching thing. But what is preaching? It's just proclaiming the good news. It's declaring. It's living authentically who we are." Right? It's witnessing, it's just telling people about the wonders and the awesomeness of what we've experienced and declaring that to the people around us, saying, hey, there's life, there's hope, there's peace, there's joy in the midst of, of the troubles of, of our world. Right? And it says everywhere that they went, everywhere they went, they did what? They brought life. Everywhere they went, every place, every circumstance, every situation, every person that they encountered. Everywhere they went. When the crowds heard Philip, all right, so where's Philip? He didn't go find the believers. He's just talking with people. He's just interacting with people of the city of Samaria. He's out in the streets. He's out in the, 
in the byways. He's, he's, he's going to the, the fish market and wherever, right? He's just in the community, interacting with people, telling them the good news of Jesus Christ. And he saw the signs that he performed. They all paid close attention to what he said for the, with shrieks, impurity, blah, yada, 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 right? So, all these things happened. And it says that there was great joy in that city. There was great joy in that city. So maybe the better question is not how do we get people to church, but the better question is how do we get the church to the people? We are the church. The ecclesia is the Greek word that's used for the church. It's not about a building. It's about a people who influence the coffee bean, right, who bring life to every person that we encounter. See, maybe we need to change our goal. Our goal is to bring life to every person, to love every person. Right? We talked about loving the hell out of people. (laughs) Loving, bringing life to the world, to the people and to the world around us. Transforming our situations. The goal is not for us to go to heaven. Parker talked about this last week, right? It's like we think all Christianity and the message of the gospel is about us going to heaven. It's more about heaven getting into us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We are to be heaven on earth. We're supposed to bring heaven, right, and marry that into the situations of life, right? There's a lot of death. There's a lot of struggles happening all around us, and we're called to be a people, right, that's going to love the world back to life, to transform the situations around us. The Bible, you know, the message of the gospel is about transforming us into love. We're being transformed. We're being possessed. Heidi Baker talks about we're being possessed by love. I'm, I'm being possessed more and more and more my love. This is a journey, but this is a, a transformation of John Richter into the full identity of who I really am. And it's the same thing with every person's life. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be probably 95 years old in a, in a nursing home somewhere, right? <laughs> you know? I got to go to my next door friend and help them, you know what I mean? I mean, because you see, I'm getting I'm going to be making my way over to help them with their 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 uh, bedpan maybe or something like that or saying something encouraging to the to my to the person next to me or talking to the nurse or telling someone about Jesus that doesn't even that doesn't really know or, or or struggling or hurting or worried about you know being on their deathbed I'm 95 years old because this is a constant transformation in my life this is what we're called to right we're possessed of love we're compelled by love. Why? Because Jesus lives inside of us. And it's, it's our very nature. It's, it's the core of who we are. And so we're growing into this more and more. This is our identity. This is our, our purpose. This is our destiny in him. Is to be like that coffee bean. Right? To be like that coffee bean. Do we have a picture of the coffee? Do you have that picture, Jonathan? There we go. Man, we got that's that. Where's Bree at? Oh, she's helping. All right, those are two coffee beans, right? One one coffee bean looks to the other one, 
you go first, right? They're jumping into the, to the hot fire, right? the, the boiling hot water. See, this is the reality is, is life is like a boiling hot water, right? We all face troubles. That's just, this is really important that we identify this, right? We're jumping into, when we leave this place, we're jumping into a pot of boiling hot water. The question is, is, is what's coming out? As we jump into that boiling hot water, right, is it like coffee where coffee is transforming it? transforming the surroundings, influencing the surroundings to something beautiful and something amazing? Or are we going to be like a carrot that gets soft? Or are we going to be like a, 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 an egg that gets hard? Right? It can be scary at times as we go through life, and, and life kind of springs itself upon us, right? Jesus said this, I have told you these things so that, we may, in, so that in me you have, may, may have peace. In this world... You will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So in this world, you're going to have trouble. Like, just, just understand that. It's not easy. It's not meant to be easy, right? We're in a fallen world. There's hell happening all around us, right, in every person's life. That's why we're here, is to transform that and to bring life. So we shouldn't be shocked when life is difficult at times. But Jesus said, I have overcome the world. So the question is, is what's inside of us as we, as we fall into the boiling water, as we fall into the things of life, what's getting, what's, what's getting uh, crushed out of us, right? What's coming out of us? Is it Jesus? Is it love? Or is it self? Is it fear? Is it religion? Is it worthlessness or feelings of worthlessness? I want to look into our, today a little bit our motivations behind loving people because it's very important. What's, what's at the core of our being? Remember what Parker talked about. What was it? Spligo mitzomai, shigo mitzomai, whatever the word was. Pretty close for, for compassion that we talked about, right? It says from the bowels. It's on the bowels, from the depths of our being, what flows out of us from the depths of our being, from the inner bowels, what's coming out of us, flowing out of the bowels. Kind of an interesting perspective on compassion, right? Out of the bowels, right? Out of the bowels. Well, the problem is, is that some of us, we're, we have compassion constipation, right? We're, we're constipated. I knew there was a poop joke in there somewhere, huh? For you guys that are new, I'm sorry. I love poo jokes, poop jokes, whatever. But we're, we're com we're, we have ca compassion constipation, right? It's in there. It wants to come out. It's just stuck, right? It's just stuck. I got good news for you. If you, if, you know what I found that works with constipation? Coffee. It's, it works. Well, I'm serious. Coffee. I mean, there's many things that coffee is great about. But a little bit of coffee, it'll get things rolling, baby. It'll get things rolling for you. We don't want to take a laxative. I don't like laxatives. No one likes laxatives. Anyways, getting a little bit too real here. Okay. <laughs> Compassion, constipation, what's inside of us and what's coming out of us, right? And the problem is, is some of the things that come out of us, uh, some of the motives inside of us can get twisted, right? And that that's, can be a problem. One of those is religion, right? Why did, the, why did the Pharisee, why did the priest walk on the other side of the road? Right? Why did the Levite walk on the other side of the road in the, in the story of the Good Samaritan? Because of religion. It drives us away from people. It causes us to condemn people. It causes us to look down on people. Right? 
the world around us looks at, at all of us, right? And what's it see? It sees a bunch of religion. And that's the last thing that we want to see come out of us, right? And that's the last thing that we want to, per, a, a bunch of do's and don'ts. When in reality, the gospel that we have is, is about freedom. I mean, it's just the opposite of that, right? It's just the opposite of do's and don'ts. It's about freedom. Not that everything's right, but the, the reality is, is once you come in relationship with Jesus, your motives and your desires, and they all get, you know, they all get changed, right? So we want to bring people into relationship, right? Not, we don't want to, to feed people religion or a religious motive toward, to move towards people, right? Oh, well, Pastor John said, go do this and go do that. That's why we're moving with compassion. No, no. Oh. And it's not because we want to have a bigger church with more people and, you know, buy the next building. and do, You know what I mean? It's not about building this kingdom. It's about his kingdom. And it's about bringing life. Listen, we're called to bring life everywhere we go. Every situation, you are called to be an agent of life, an agent of love. It's your nature. It's, your, it's the core of who you are. It's the core of who I am. And that's what we're growing into. So we got, we got to throw away or, or, or just turn away from any kind of religious motives, fear motives, right? We have a lot of motives that are driven by fear, self-preservation. Why don't we go down into the ditch with people? Because we're afraid. We're afraid to get in that ditch with people. We're afraid of what other will, people will think. Amen. Listen, we're afraid of what other people will think. Fear can't be our motivation, right? Fear is the opposite of love. It says perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. You can't mix fear and love together. All right? You can't mix fear and love together. Listen, passion, uh, compassion requires risk. Compassion requires risk. John Wimber said it well. He said, you know, we, sp we spell faith, R-I-S-K. It's, it's one of my favorite sayings. I have a shirt that has... Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. But, but the life that we live is about taking risk. Love always requires risk. It's not the conservative perspective. Love looks foolish. Let's just get, get over Jesus was called a fool. It looked foolish to reach out and to sit with the prostitutes. It, it looked foolish to spit and, and put mud on a people, person's eyes. It looked foolish and stupid, Right? To, to, to eat with tax collectors and sinners and, and, and hang out with all these rug, you know, people. And listen, they're at that table. You think there's not curse words flying all over the place? You think these people were like, oh, right? Like this was like a perfect you know, situation. And no. This was life. We can't be afraid to move towards people. We can't let fear dominate us. I was, um, this week I was, um, I was at work, work situation, and a um, person comes up to me and, you know, I've been, I've been struggling, to, I'm not doing well and, um, in some of my work, and then you know, he's like, yeah, I just had a really cu rough couple weeks, you know. And then you hear that, right? And what, it's like you're at that moment of truth. Am I going to step over the line? And what am I going to say? What am I going to do in that circumstance? Am I going to go, no, wait a minute, I got a meeting in five minutes. And you know what I mean? I mean, that was kind of the, the choice that was in front of me. Or am I going to take the time to really 
invest in this person. And so I stepped across the line. I'm learning about compassion, right? I'm growing in compassion. So I step across the line and I go, so tell me about what happened. What was going on these last couple weeks? And that just opened up this door for about a 15, 20-minute conversation. He just starts pouring out his heart. He's struggling. And I just sat there and I listened to him, right? And you know what? You know what it opened up doors? I said, you know what? I went through something similar to that. And this is what helped me. I, you know, I, I began praying to God, and I put him at the center of my life, and that's what transformed my life, and that's how I got through that situation. And I got to basically, what I get to do? Preach the gospel! I get to tell him about Jesus. I get to tell him about the good news. Did he get converted right there? No, but that wasn't my heart. My heart was just to love this guy. My heart was just to love him. The message of the good news is all about love. And we're called to be love, to be the hands, and to be love in the flesh, to be Jesus in the flesh. And every time we get into different situations, what comes out of us is his love. And there's going to be moments where we get pressed and what happens, love, it's frustration. And, you know, trust me, I'm telling you these stories. I can get frustrated in a drop of a, I mean, I can get real selfish real quick. And I know you can too. So I'm not trying to paint a picture like I'm this like perfect guy, but we're growing in love, right? We're growing in our identity. You know what I mean? I'm getting out of this place where I'm trying to control situations in life, and I get in a place where I'm surrendered, and I'm completely his, and I'm possessed by love, and I'm just allowing love to pour out of me wherever I go and whatever I'm doing. See, fear is like a scarecrow. Anybody see, know what a scarecrow is? I got this out of a book called Scattered Servants, and I love this analogy. Fear is a scarecrow. Listen, this is so good. Fear is a scarecrow. What's a scarecrow do? Can a scarecrow stop a crow from getting the corn? No. It's just trying to scare the, sca- the crow away from the corn, right? And, if, and, and the foolish crows... Right? That see the scarecrow, think it's a person, they get scared and they, 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 don't, they don't get to reap a harvest. But the ones with insight, the crows that are smart, when they see a scarecrow, what? They, run, they go to the scarecrow because they know that the scarecrow is a sign that there's fruit, that there's life that's about to take place. That's what fear is in our life. It's the enemy's last-ditch effort to try to scare away from us from our inheritance. Listen, when you, when you feel fear about a situation, press through it and there's going to be breakthrough. Because if you start to feel fear, it's the enemy scared that he's, he's about to get nailed in the face. Fear is the sign that there is fruit in the field. Fear is the sign that there's kingdom breakthrough about to take place. So we got to get rid of our religious motives. we got to get rid of our fear motives. we got to, you know, perfect love, cast out all fear. And then the third kind of uh, motive that we have to get rid of is this inferiority motive. You know, we got this, like, inferiority complex, and we got to get it out of us, right? We dismiss our ability, right? We dismiss ourselves and our impact on other people. We look at other people, and there's nothing I can do to help that person, right? Or I can't really have impact, Right? We don't understand the power of this mouth that I possess, that I get to, to determine what I get to use it for, right? And just a few words to a person can bring life. 
right, or, or a few of the uh, words of, from this thing can bring death. We got to quit disqualifying, excuse me, disqualifying ourselves. We are all broken, wounded healers. We're wounded healers. We're wounded healers, right? It's not about being perfect. You're, you're fit for love and you're fit for compassion when you've perfected and you walked perfectly and never said anything wrong and all that. No, right? Quit dismissing ourselves. Jesus died to pay the price for all of that, right? That was, that was taken care of. Every sin, past, present, and future, paid for at the cross of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? Just think about that. Every sin, everything that we could have ever done wrong, every regret, everything paid for in an instant of time at the cross. So we got to quit dismissing ourselves. we got to quit looking at ourselves like we don't have anything to give or to bring. Right? Remember, everywhere they went, scattered servants, right? That's where God has placed you. That's where God has called you, to be love to the person next to you. And we got to learn how to take little steps in reaching out to people in love. You know, I... I had a situation this week, another one, and um, you know I'm on the phone. It was an Amazon call, and this guy, foreign accent, and he's talking to me, and and just so good, so pleasant, so, you know what I mean? It was just you know how we have a lot of those bad situations. This guy was so good, so kind, so gentle, uh, so serving, and everything. And I got to the end of the phone call, and man, my heart was just like, I love this guy. This guy's awesome. Right? I mean, and, and, I, and I, I wanted to pray for him. It just didn't fit. You know what I'm saying? That, like, it just didn't lend itself. I could tell he had to go. And so I just said to him, hey, before you go, I just want to tell you, you are awesome. Like, I, I literally just stopped him. I said, you're great. I mean, you really did this well. I hope your bosses are listening. This is a recorded line. Because I just want to tell you, you're, you, you're amazing. You know what he said back to me? He's like, you know what? You just made my day. He said that to me. You just made my day. So let's just start making people's day. Seriously, what if, what if all of your life is about making somebody else's day? What if all of my life is about being a drink offering poured out to God for other people? It's not about me and what I want. It's about helping the person next to me experience their identity and their purpose, right? And to feel valued. Because I guarantee 90% of the people around you don't feel valued, don't feel like they have a sense of purpose, right? And then as you just start sowing those seeds of life, what happens is they still, what's different about that person? And it's going to lead them to their Savior. So how do we begin applying this? How do we put this into practice, right? How do we put this into practice? And I think the key here is, is the story of stu- stewardship, uh, the story of, uh, of the talents. Remember, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. But I, I think it's really applicable to us is the story of the talents, right? We have you know, in the story of talents, if you, don't, if you recall, right, God gives talents, money, in this, in this parable. He gives one person one talent, another person two talents, another person five talents, right? And then the person with five and two, they invest it, and they bring back more to their. The one person with the one, they hide it. They don't invest it. And then the, when, when the this person comes back, they say, you know, you rotten you didn't do anything with the stuff that I've given to you. He takes the one away and he gives it to the person with five or ten. Right? He gives it to the person with ten. It's an amazing story. And I think stewardship is so important here. 
So the key, key thing is, is that with stewardship in that story, what happens? Who is the instigator of, of the gift? It's God. He gives to us, right? He's given to all of us. All of us have a deposit of his presence, have a deposit of heaven inside of us, right? We have a deposit of love. We have a deposit of, 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 of grace. All of us have been given, right? All of us have been given. The question is, is how are we stewarding that? What are we doing with it? Are we investing that or are we holding on to it? Stewardship involves intentionality. We have to be intentionally pursuing, intentionally going after, intentionally investing, intentionally seeing people, seeing their need, seeing their pain, seeing their struggles, listening to what they say, like this, right? I mean, I, I could have easily just dismissed that. I had a meeting to go to. I had all kinds of things. But, oh, by the way, I was late to that meeting. And I had to say, I'm sorry, I'm late to this meeting. But I had a choice to make. Am I going to change? Right, or am I going to listen? So we need to be intentional. We need to be intentional with investing and going after and releasing compassion. Releasing compassion. And it starts with small things. It starts with the third thing we need to do with respect to uh, stewardship is it starts with small things. It's just small steps, all right? It's baby steps, right? Whatever we have, it's not, remember in the parable, it doesn't matter if you have one, five, or, or, or one, two, or five, right? That wasn't what was important to God because of all of us have been, get, been given different deposits. It's the amount that we invested. Did we invest everything that we had? It's not the amount, it's, it's whether we invested it all or whether we put it all on the table and surrendered it all to him. So we start with small things. We just start with little things. Little things. You guys remember the parable of the, of the mustard seed, right? This, the parable of the mustard seed. It's the smallest of seeds, but then when it's planted, it becomes the largest of bushes. It starts small. We, sh we should not despise the day of small beginnings. Today is a small beginning in our life. It's a, it's a beginning. Today is the only day we have. And the question is, is when we walk out of here, are we going to love people? Are we going to be possessed by love? Is it going to be the defining point of our lives? There's a lot of things to pursue in life. But there's really only one thing that matters. There's a lot of things to pursue in life. There's a lot of accomplishments to be had. There's a lot of places to be seen. There's a lot of things. But when it really gets to the end, what, what really matters? Did we love well? Listen, I mean, I, I didn't make this up. This is his kingdom. This is his creation. And, we, and we, he is the creator and we are the created, made in his image to be like him and to think like him and to act like him. Right? So we start with small things. There's a, there's a sign up on one of the vineyards, and I've always loved this. It was engraved into the building, and I thought this was amazing. It said this. This is the one in Springdale. It's a real big, it's got 14,000 people. 
Small acts of kindness done with great love will change the world. Small acts of kindness done with great love will change the world. Just think about that. I love that. Small acts of compassion, small acts of kindness, of tenderness to to the person around us. One of the things I love about the parable of the, of the um, Good Samaritan, I'm jumping around a little bit, but one of the things I love about the parable of the Good Samaritan, and I mentioned this earlier, but I, just, I think it's so neat that he helped one person. It was just one person. He didn't help a whole community, didn't help a whole family, didn't help a whole city, didn't help a whole organization, right? You know, he just helped that one person on that day, and Jesus said, go and do that. Go do the same thing. Just go and do the same thing. Trust me, we leave this, I, I know how life is. I know, what, I know what it's like. We're gonna leave here right now and you're gonna encounter somebody and it's, that's your opportunity for kindness. That's your opportunity. That's your small little beginning. And you just step into that. How foolish it may seem. I went up to a person the other day at, I was at Kofenia and I just, I, you know what, I just went up to him and I just said, you know what, I, you're you're amazing. I just see how what an amazing. I didn't say anything about God. I didn't say anything. I just said it was just a word of encouragement to that person's life. Small acts of kindness done with great love will change the world. Small acts of kindness done with great love will change the world. And then Lisa Van Houten went down to the city of Oxford, bringing life, and there was great. Joy in that city. I mean, that's what, that's what Philip did. Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he brought life, and there was great joy in that city. Right? Don't tell me if Philip can do it. What was the unique thing about Philip? Let's see, what, what, was, what was cool about Philip? He was a believer. <laughs> he was a believer. I'm a believer. You a believer? Yeah, we're believers. That's all we are. Just believers, just sons, just daughters, just children of the almighty God, right? Believing that I have a deposit of heaven that lives inside of me, that I'm being possessed by love, that I'm being radically transformed into love, that that is his mission, his purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's begin to steward Let's begin to just steward the, the, the gifts that we have, the things that we have. Just begin to, to just offer them up to God, the five loaves and the two fish. Right? It doesn't have to be a big hit kind of thing. Right? You don't have to give a million dollars away. You don't have to give $10,000 away. If you do, that's great. I'm right here. If anybody has that, you want to give it to me, I'll take it. Uh, we'll make sure it gets used well. I'm just joking. But my, po- my point is, is that just those small acts of kindness... Right? Listening to the Holy Spirit, being intentional, right? starting with small things. Right? Amen. Why don't we have the worship team come back up here and we're going to do some worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We just to praise you today. Lord, we want to God, we want to be good stewards. We want to steward well the gifts, the things that you have given to us. 
God, steward our time, steward our resources, steward our, uh, the words that we speak. God, help us to see. Why don't you go ahead and stand up? Let's stand up together here as we worship. You don't mind? Feel free to worship. Listen, you know what, how transformation, you know how you become love? You worship. Just give our hearts to worship. As we, we sit in his presence, he transforms us into his very image. It's, it's an awesome thing. Lord, we, we want to fix our eyes on you during worship here, Lord. We want to be filled with your presence. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Amen.